Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. From the Battery Street Studios of KCBS Radio in San Francisco, I'm Matt Pittman, and this is Bay Current for Wednesday, December 1st. Today is World AIDS Day, and this year commemorates a milestone in the battle against HIV-AIDS right here in the Bay Area. Last night, on the eve of World AIDS Day 2021, the annual Light the Grove Gala at the National AIDS Memorial Grove, our nation's official AIDS memorial at San Francisco's Golden Gate Park. We are marking uh, this year, 30 years since the first volunteers uh, gathered here. This was an abandoned dell uh, in San Francisco, and they were looking for a space to, to heal, to come together with the community, to deal with their loss. And uh, they, who would have ever thought 30 years ago that this would have turned into the nation's memorial to AIDS. That's Kevin Herglotz. He's the chief operating officer with the National AIDS Memorial here in SF. And this year, for the 30th anniversary of the National AIDS Memorial, Kevin and his team are showing the AIDS Memorial Grove at Golden Gate Park in a way it's never been seen before, illuminated at night. And tonight, December 1st, on World AIDS Day, it's open to the public and it's free to see. It is truly a stunning and breathtaking sight to see it lit up this way at night. I've never seen it this way before, and it is pretty incredible. What are you guys doing with the lights here in the center of the grove? So what this is, is this is symbolic of a broken circle. Uh, and uh, what this is, is, uh, you know, what we do every year with Light in the Grove is light is about hope. Uh, it's, you know, it is a celebration of life. Uh, uh, it's hope for the future. What this is, is an artistic feature uh, that has been created that will illuminate names of those who we've lost. So as the night goes on, the names will be inside this circle and it'll um, it'll change every so often in terms of just remembering people's names, remembering wow. those voices, those those stories around them. It's been 40 years since the first person in the United States was diagnosed with HIV AIDS. According to UNAIDS, the United Nations Joint Program on HIV and AIDS, over 36 million people have died of AIDS-related illnesses worldwide since 1981. Last year alone, 680,000 people died from AIDS worldwide, including 13,000 in the combined populations of Western and Central Europe and North America. But something else has happened over the last 40 years. Breakthroughs in science and medicine show truly astonishing progress against HIV-AIDS. 
Worldwide, 37.7 million people are living with HIV today. And UNAIDS reports that 73% worldwide are accessing life-saving treatment, like widely available antiretroviral therapy. Just since 2010, AIDS-related mortality has declined by 53% among women and girls and by 41% among men and boys. New HIV infections have been reduced by 52% since the peak in 1997. A big reason for these steep declines is pre-exposure prophylaxis, or PrEP, which is 99% effective against the spread of HIV during sex, according to the CDC. It feels hopeful. Mm -hmm. uh, the stories that we're continuing to tell and will never stop telling, hopefully people are listening and they will actually take action. And that really is at the end of the day, what we hope we can do is learn from those stories, never forget those people, but learn to do something that changes the outcome in the future for other populations and, and other generations, and I'm hopeful. That's Mike Ritchie. He's just one of the millions of Americans living with HIV today and doing so comfortably in retirement at his home in Palm Springs. Mike is a survivor. He lived in San Francisco all through the 80s and into the late 90s. And Mike is just one of so many who've paid their own price in the AIDS pandemic over this last 40 years. This, I was told, represents a broken circle. Right. Um, so we're at the part that's the opening, that's the broken part. And where, from where we stand, you'll see names will appear. So throughout the night, oh, uh, names will appear of those that that we've lost over now 40 years and counting. So you have quite a journey through these last 40 years. I was asking you when we were just kind of walking around, uh, to tell me just a little bit about your experience to kind of help me prepare to chat with you on tape. I said, did you lose a partner? And you said, I'll never forget this. You said, oh, many. How many? Uh, I've lost two partners, uh, probably two dozen really, really close friends and probably 50 people that are part of our broader community back in the 80s and 90s. It, um, it's so hard to imagine that the circle of friends, I was there the, uh, two months ago and I realized there are over 100 names and there are people that I've lost mm -hmm. that are close to me. So it's pretty close to, to home for me. Yeah. The circle of friends is the area in the center uh, where I think the original boulders with the engravings were laid and the only public place in San Francisco where you can bring ashes of a loved one to pay tribute to them that way. Yeah, they've allowed us to bring our grief here, um, to share it, and to have a place to remember. Mm -hmm. And the whole purpose and uh, the mission for the National AIDS Memorial is to ensure that those people that we lost, that their names are never forgotten and their stories are told forever. Mm -hmm. And that really is the magic of this place. Yeah. I'm sure that you know, the two partners you've lost, the two dozen close friends and the many others that you just told me about, you think about them year round, right? But on World AIDS Day, everything crystallizes. It is truly a day of reflection, both remembering the ones that you've lost, that we've lost, but also, you know, right now, you know, 40th anniversary World AIDS Day, there's been a tremendous amount of progress. So how do you balance that? Like, how do you, how do you approach a day like World AIDS Day, especially this year, remembering so much loss, but seeing, you know, so much progress and promise and hope for the future? Yeah, so I think for me, I was not going to actually come this year, living 500 miles away in yeah. Palm Springs. As I have a bunch of friends that are going to be here, and I realized, now I need to be there to participate because it's about that, um, that hope for the future and the lessons we've learned. And I've got some young friends here, and I love 
watching their journey about yeah. how they can take the stories and uh, the lessons learned and, and carry them on to the future. Because 20 years from now, I won't be here, and they will, hopefully. And that really drives me. You know, the other thing is, the as John just mentioned in the Grove, uh, we have been fighting this pandemic for 40 years now, and hopefully we'll see a day when it's gone. But the lessons we learned uh, for uh, that pandemic can be applied easily to the COVID pandemic today. Same issues ex exist, the lack of government support, the denial that this is a science-driven issue and that we should apply science, not politics to it. And making available the lessons that we've learned in HIV to COVID, it's really remarkable that we have three vaccines, maybe five vaccines now, that people have the opportunity to receive one to three doses. And 40% of people in the state of California still refuse to get yeah. vaccinated. Just crazy. It is. Look, 30 years ago, if vaccines would have come out 35 percent of the population would they have been like nope keep that away from me i Hell <laughs> i don't think so because everyone was just the fear of hiv aids especially like through the 80s to live through that i cannot imagine yeah it was and a, you you did it was a time when um uh, the same sort of discriminatory things that we're seeing today were applied in a horrible way to the gay community like um uh don't drink that water glass because you never know how this is transmitted. What if the uh, what if it's carried by mosquitoes? I mean, craziness that you know we didn't know the answer to. Now we do, and uh, we look to science to help inform our thinking. Also, thinking about uh, the the notion about if we had had a vaccine 30, 40 years ago, everybody would have gotten that because there was such fear of this horrible disease. It was killing people in their 30s in three to four years, right? So no doubt about it that um, people would have uh, lined up for it. And to think that we had some attempts at antivirals then that took us really in, um, two decades to really refine to the point where HIV can be a chronic treatable disease like diabetes is really phenomenal. So good news for us today with as much sadness as there is around this pandemic, the lessons that we've learned hopefully can be applied to help improve people's lives uh, in a meaningful way. As a person who's living and has lived with HIV for many years, the advances of science, obviously you're, you're here to talk to me today, so I'm grateful for them. You wouldn't have been here today right. to be chatting with me right now. And because of the advances in science, you are. And it has completely changed the way that the world looks at HIV and AIDS now. It's true. And uh, uh, the fact that we actually have antivirals as well as vaccines within two years of the discovery of this thing is, is a testament to that. Crystallizing everything is that 40 years after HIV-AIDS became part of our consciousness, we're still dealing with another pandemic, COVID. Much of the research and backbreaking work of scientists and doctors over the last four decades led to the rapid development of the COVID vaccines. And now much of the work against COVID is being cycled back into the ongoing work against HIV-AIDS. KCBS Radio's Matt Bigler joins me here on Bay Current. And you had a story yesterday looking ahead at World AIDS Day today about the joint program on HIV and AIDS advocating for a new plan to confront the impact of COVID-19 on the AIDS pandemic. Explain that a little bit to me. Basically, help me connect those dots and what that all means. A lot has gone into the research for COVID from the last pandemic which was AIDS, HIV AIDS in the 80s. 
people in San Francisco remember what happened then, and the current pandemic has brought back a lot of those memories. And it's because of the research that came out of that, the antiviral, retroviral research uh, that basically lifted the shoulders of scientists to say, oh, yeah, we can combat this current virus mm. with antiviral medications, with vaccines. And so we are now standing on the shoulders of giants. We're all benefiting from the research that went into HIV AIDS with the current series of therapeutics to con combat COVID if you catch the disease and to protect ourselves from COVID. So they're very, both pandemics are very closely linked. That's fascinating. So what are some examples of treatments that are readily available, say, for someone who is suffering some of the you know worst symptoms of COVID that are therapeutics that have their origins in treating HIV and AIDS? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, this week, uh, the FDA and other organizations are expected to approve these therapeutics, which are basically a series of pills that you take that combat viruses. They're antiviral, very similar to the antiretroviral medications that are being used very successfully for, for decades now to combat AIDS. They're not exactly the same, but the research uh, that helped create one for HIV AIDS is now being used to create the second series. We're not exactly sure how well they're going to do against COVID, but I can tell you they've done so well against HIV AIDS that the new goal on this World AIDS Day is to end AIDS by 2030. So by the end of this decade, actually end the HIV AIDS epidemic, pandemic by 2030. That's the new goal. Thank you to my KCBS radio colleague, Matt Bigler, as well as Mike Ritchie for sharing his story. And thank you to Kevin Herglotz and everyone with the National AIDS Memorial for their hospitality. In today's show notes, I've included a link to the activities commemorating World AIDS Day at the National AIDS Memorial Grove right here in San Francisco. If you're enjoying the Bay Current podcast, please subscribe on the Odyssey app, Apple or Google Podcasts, or just about anywhere you listen. And each episode is on the KCBS Radio YouTube page. It's also linked in our show notes. That's it for today's Bay Current. I'm Matt Pittman. We'll chat with you again tomorrow. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.